Break the Cycle with DSD, episode number 17. This episode is brought to you by HypnosisDownloads.com. HypnosisDownloads.com brings you a large selection of hypnosis downloads that are designed to help you with many issues you might have. I found their end of relationship pack very helpful when I was really struggling and it helped calm my mind. If you are struggling and looking for some relief, check out www.dadsurvivingdivorce.com slash hypnosis. The information in this show is my opinion and for informational and educational purposes only. Please consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your mental health. Welcome to another episode of Breaking the Cycle with DSD. Today's topic is going to be about my story with depression. Uh, I think this is something that a lot of us are going to deal with or are dealing with and I think I have a, an interesting story because the, the, where I am today is not where I thought I would ultimately be. And the thing I want to start out with is that uh, I basically struggled with depression for pretty much the majority of my life. Uh, as long as I can remember, I had issues to where things just felt uh, a little gray and not so, not so amazing. Now, when I was younger, I'm talking about, you know, early teens and late teens and, you know, pretty much my entire life, I didn't really understand it. I didn't realize where it was coming from. And it was basically like a constant companion that I just couldn't get get away from. I thought it was something that was, you know, basically fundamentally wrong with me. Now, I'm not downplaying anything that anyone else is going through. And I understand that there are mental conditions and such that can can really affect this and and basically cause it to be out of your control. And in some ways I think that's what I was that's what I thought I was dealing with, but as time has progressed and I've worked on my own healing and worked on basically on myself, I've come to have a different different opinion of that which I will definitely get into towards the end end of this podcast. So a little bit of history. Uh, I know I've talked about this in videos and whatnot on my YouTube channel. But, you know, basically, I came from a troubled home. Um, I didn't really feel loved by, by either parent. And when, the, when my parents finally divorced, which I think it was around, God, I don't know, nine or 10 years old, it was a nasty, narcissistic, toxic divorce that was just really, really nasty. You know, as a result of that, I, I dealt with parental alienation, though I had no idea what that was at the time. I didn't really figure that out until my late forties. And, uh, I was completely turned against, against my, uh, my father. It negatively affected my relationship with my brother. Uh, ultimately he ended up going to move and live with, with our dad. And even with that, there were my my recollection of how that transpired was completely different from the reality and uh, you know i mean it's one of those things where when you're a child and you're dealing with that you do the best you can to to process what you're dealing with and to survive the situation uh plus as that whole thing went down i felt obligated to stay and stick with my mom and you know who was going to help her and and she really laid on the manipulation with uh, with guilt to to control my emotions and make me feel sorry for her and make me want to make sure that I was there for her. You know, all those things that in retrospect now when I look back at it, it wasn't it's not healthy behavior. And that caused a whole lot of problems going on later later with life. And and bottom line, I was just starved for uh, attention. And I was also conditioned 
that that type of behavior was normal. I mean, I had an estranged relationship with my dad. My relationship with my mom was just bizarre. I thought it was okay, but there were things that just didn't make any sense. And it was just, it it really set the stage for a lot of problems. So I struggled with with severe anxiety and depression uh, when in school. Um, I, we ended up moving schools a lot, which that not, not as much as some people, but I mean, in high school, I spent a couple of years in one school. Then we moved to the coast, which to be perfectly honest, I really enjoyed living up on the uh, West coast and being able to look out of my classrooms and see the Pacific ocean. But even with that, it was a very stressful, stressful time. And it, it just, there was a lot of stuff that happened with that during that time that was just really tough. And I remember at one point there was a parent-teacher conference where, you know, my mom was brought in and, and I mean, because I was a really good student. I mean, I was straight A's, honor rolls, AP classes, the whole nine yards. I mean, I had my, my life plan mapped out in front of me, wanted to be a photographer, wanted to be actually a photojournalist. That was what my goal was. And uh, everything just kind of basically came crashing down. And, and I'm not going to necessarily go into the details of what was happening I'll save that for another episode, but uh, it was uh, it was pretty uh, pretty tough. Not exactly a great experience, to say the least. So, what what happened there is, I mean, I I was conditioned for this type of messed up situation, which so that rolls into me basically becoming an adult. If you consider an eighteen and nineteen year old an adult, which you know I guess they are. Um, and I got married at 19. I met my, my now ex at, a, you know, uh, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember the time frame. No, I was actually, you know, I was, dang it, I'm getting confused because I know I was married at 19. So um, anyways, so I think I met her right before I turned uh, 19. And, uh, you know, um, I bought into that illusion. I, you know, I married young. I believed the illusion. I believed the love bombing. I believed that we were soulmates, that we had picked each other. You know, we both had troubled past. So there was that kindred spirit thinking that, you know, my, my, uh, my problems and her problems would mesh. We'd be able to support each other. We'd be able to love each other uh, like both of us always wanted. Yeah, I mean that that was the catalyst for all of that. And 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 sure there was a period of time that when everything was great where I was feeling feeling pretty good. I was feeling on top of the world. I was going in the military and and you know had my whole life ahead of me. I had all kinds of plans and aspirations and I think I at that period of time I felt pretty good. The problem is is those patterns repeated and the the cycle of emotional abuse came back up the codependency on my side, the narcissism and, and the uh, borderline type behavior on uh, the ex's side was there. And we made that work for approximately 21 years. Now, the problem with that is there wasn't exactly a lot of great times there. And that depression and anxiety just kind of festered. I mean, it was basically I was dealing with a long-term depression you know, I, I pretty much had lived with it my entire life. There were periods of time where it seemed like it was under control and then something would crash down. I was never able to really look at the situation and, and see the external influences that were really negatively affecting me. I just knew that I was constantly down. I constantly didn't feel like I was good enough. I felt that, that, that I was 
what am I trying to say? That I was scared of the future. I was scared of the way things were going. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just, I just thought that that whole feeling would never leave me. I thought that that was going to be my constant dark passenger for those folks that, uh, listen or watched, uh, Dexter. Uh, he used to constantly talk about that. Obviously that was a little darker, but I mean, just what I'm saying is, is it, it felt like you couldn't get away from it. It felt like you had this little voice on your shoulder, this little dark angel basically telling you that you weren't worthy, that you weren't going to have a good life, that everything was going to leave you, you were going to lose everything. I mean, just this nasty stuff. Now, I'm not talking about a real legitimate voice like schizophrenia. I'm just saying this this constant inner voice that was just basically narrating this negative blah narration that was just constantly dragging me down. So, I mean, I developed my own coping mechanisms to deal with this. I, I would sleep. I would uh, isolate. I would, you know, just kind of shut down. Um, I would try to just wait it out. Uh, now, the one thing about this period of time is I did not seek therapy. I was not interested in that. I didn't believe in therapy, which I know for a long time subscribers and viewers of uh, my my YouTube channel and listeners of this podcast, you'll know that I'm a big proponent of therapy now. But in, you know, for basically the first 40 years of my life, I did not, I wasn't, uh, I was not an advocate for it. Now, part of that was two-phase. Part of it was work concerns, where I work. Uh, up until recently, the military was not very uh, supportive of mental health and when you would seek help, there are a lot of times there would risk to your career. And, uh, you know, I mean, so you're sitting there trying to say, okay, well, can I just tough this out? Or, do I, or is it bad enough that I need to seek help? And is it going to ruin my career? And am I going to get discharged from the military? Or is it going to ruin my chances of being, being in, uh, you know, getting a government job? That type of thing. Uh, the other thing of it was stigma. I mean, I think we've, we've come a long way to where seeking help isn't necessarily a bad thing. Now, I'm sure there's still some people out there that will that will ridicule people and, and whatnot, but I think it's starting to change, and it's changed significantly. And even in the military, uh, you know, it, they strongly encourage people to seek help. We, we get suicide prevention training every year where it talks about how to identify signs of this. It's really pushing the fact that getting help is uh, is is not a weak thing. It's a strong thing. And they're really trying to do that. I'm not necessarily sure how that's happening in, in the public sector, but uh, that's a huge shift from whenever I was a young, young military Air Force person. And, uh, and it wasn't quite that way. I mean, you, you, you were really worried about how that would play out. So, I mean, bottom line is, and I'll just, and I'm going to hit this again too, is you got to seek help. You have to Go through the process. If you're really struggling, you owe it to yourself to seek help. Find a therapist that will help you. Look for programs in different, you know, at your church or at your work or whatever that offer therapeutic sessions to to help you with that. Now, I dealt with that for, I mean, 40 years. Now, granted, you guys all know that if you're dealing with a with a with a toxic narcissistic marriage. That is a soul-crushing experience in and, of, in and of itself. And there was a long period of time. Uh, my ex has the, uh, the unique ability to constantly act happy, where she's always got a little smile on her face as long as she's getting what she wants. 
Uh, it's very covert, manipulative type behavior, but it's e it was easy to think that the problem was basically all me, that she was just this wonderful person that I was so lucky to be with, and I didn't see that it was a soul-crushing experience. It took me 21 years. I know I've, I've hit that number before, but it took me a really long time to get to the point to say, hey, you know what? I at least owe it to myself to, to have an opportunity to have a life that isn't just filled with all of this chaos and anxiety and stress and, and rejection and depression and, and just sadness. I mean, it was really, really tough. Now, the thing I'm going to roll into to next on this is, you know, okay, so how am I now, right? I mean, full disclosure, do I still have bad days? Sure. Yeah, I have bad days. I have days where, where I get run down and I, and I feel a little blue and, and uh, feel that uh, things aren't going quite the way I would, would, would hope they were going. But let me tell you, it is nothing like it was before. You know, a, a bad day today is, is I can typically track it right down to some external event that's really wearing on me, that's, that's really making me feel stressed and, stressed and anxious about my situation. And it, it, it's weird. I can, look at, I can look at the situation now compared to before, and it's like completely flipped. And what I mean is, is like, let's say in the past, for the first, you know, first 40 years of my life, it was like 80% of the time was really, really this constant struggle and really, really hard. And maybe 20 or 10% of the time was, you know, I would feel pretty good. Now it's completely swapped. Now it's like 80 to 90% of the time, I feel pretty darn good. I mean, even with a lot of the crap that's still going on, even with the triangulation with the kids and the crap that the ex does and, and the money situation and the future and, you know, blah, you know, blah, 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 all, all the stuff just rolled out. I feel really, really good. And this has been a consistent thing for a period of time. I mean, to be perfectly honest, from the time I left, the, 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 the severity of the anxiety and depression that I dealt with is nowhere near. I mean, I can remember prior to leaving that even just drive, the 20 minute drive to work by myself was just, was, was hard. And it was just this constant, like I said, that little voice saying, you know, they're going to figure out that you're a fraud at work. They're, you know, no one cares about you. You're, you're not worthy of everything and you're going to lose everything and everyone's going to, you know, you know, whatever, just this catastrophic, BS that I was constantly dealing with. And guys, honestly, I felt that I was going to deal with that for the rest of my life. I really did. I, I didn't think that I was going to be able to escape that and be able to, to have a life that wasn't feel filled, filled with that type of stuff. Now, like I said, yeah, I have bad days. Sure. I still have you know, anxiety and stress about things. And, and there's some external influences that, uh, that, that have, that tend to wear me down. But bottom line, I, it's like, I almost feel like there's this bright light, just, just shining through most of the time. Every once in a while, it gets a little dim. Every once in a while, it seems like maybe I need to add a little bit more fuel or charge the batteries or whatever to keep that going. But it was, it is nothing, nothing compared to what it was before. Now, here's the thing, you know, this isn't one of those things where I just 
you know, woke up one day and boom, everything was great. I had to work my ass, sorry, I had to work my behind off to get to this point. I, I did therapy. I did the hypnosis files. I wrote in my journal. I, I watched videos. I did everything in my power to try to, to, to get control of my life. And it, uh, I mean, all of that combined together and a really skilled therapist, I mean, that really was what really, really helped to help me navigate some of this is what happened. You know, I mean, so, so if you're, I guess what I'm trying to say on this is that if you're struggling with this, you know, seek the help, find out, you know, what you're dealing with and, you know, work to, to, to get out of that hole. You owe it to yourself. Now, maybe that would require medication or some other uh, medical plan. Obviously you need to work with your therapist or your psychologist to, to determine what is the best course of action, but you owe it to yourself to try, right? I mean, if you're dealing with with the, this type of, of situation where it just feels like it's constantly with you, you, you need to give yourself the skills and the support to, uh, to deal with it. Now, one of the things I just want to say is I, I completely realize that a lot of us who've grown up in, in these toxic situations, we're surrounded by negative people, right? You don't exactly have a lot of, of good quality people who, who have your back and who are trying to help you, help you through it. I, I get that as an extra struggle, but give yourself the, you know, the, the time to work through it, um, to realize that, to realize that maybe as you heal and as you learn and as you make some changes in your life, that there's a chance that you can actually get to the point that I'm talking about. So like now, I mean, I feel, I feel optimistic and hopeful for the future. You know, I mean, I, I don't wake up or go to bed every night dreading the next day. I'm, I'm, excited for it. It's, it's one of those things where there was a period in my life where that wasn't the case, where every morning was a struggle, every day was a struggle. And I don't, I don't have that anymore. You know, I mean, it's, it's, yes, there are some things that are, that are, that are annoying that I don't really appreciate. A lot of those revolve around the X. A lot of it revolves around the manipulation and triangulation with the kids. But I feel good about the direction I'm going. I feel good about the efforts that I'm trying to make to mitigate the, the, those issues with, with our children. And bottom line, each day just basically seems more happier or better and stable than the next. And it's just, it keeps feeding, feeding onto it. And, it's, and it's, a, it's, an, it's an exciting position to be in. Now, again, I don't want to, to, to uh, you know, try to say that anyone else's depression would be the same situation with me. All I'm trying to say is I'm a person who was struggling with this for the majority of their teenage to adult life. I personally thought that this is something that I was going to have to struggle with every day for the rest of my life until it was over. And I was now on that. I was learning skills. I was doing it on my own, which again, I don't recommend. Seek help. If you're dealing with this, you owe it to yourself to find help. You know, whatever that is, a therapist, you know, whatever. I know there's a whole huge controversy on the better help thing. So I won't even, I won't even go there, but you know, look for, look for somebody or um, a professional that can help you through it. Uh, a coach, a good quality coach can help you through it. Um, if, 
and if on, on all of this, if you're dealing with somebody, whether it's a therapist or a life coach or whatever, and it doesn't feel right and it isn't, feels like it's pointing you in the right direction, find someone else. They work for you. They're your resource. You, you know, I mean, you're not trapped with that, with that one. If it's not working for you, and that's the same thing with friends. If the other people in your life are not, are not supportive and are not basically working for your, your betterment or your, uh, your, you know, getting to your best potential, phase them out, right? I mean, one of the, the, the things you probably have always heard is you're basically uh, the, the, the culmination of the five other people you hang out with. If you're surrounding yourself with good, positive people, that's great. If anyone in those little, in that five person slot is negative, start phasing them out. You owe it to yourself to, uh, to basically get to the best life that you, you possibly can get. And I mean, you know, here's the thing with what we're going through and what we've been through, and you add in the alienation with your kids and the issues with that, there are so many reasons to, to feel down a lot of times, you know, I mean, and you have to keep in mind that there's a process that you have to go through with this. And, and the other thing I just want to mention is you can be dealing with this, with this internally by yourself, like I did for the majority of my life. And what you'll probably notice is when things get better and the stress, the external stress subsides or the, or the situation subsides, a lot of this stuff that you've held back and you pushed down is going gonna, is gonna to eke out. It's going to basically burst at the seams. It's like our bodies can do a pretty good job of dealing with the stress in real time. It's when everything calms down that things tend to get really bad. Think about it like if, you, if you've ever been in an accident or you've seen somebody in shock, you know, you have that initial thing in the middle of it. You have the adrenaline that's keeping you going and you're dealing in this, in this situation and you're able to deal with it. And then as soon as it calms down, people freak out, they get sick, they you know, have medical issues, whatever the situation is, that's very common. So again, if you're, if you're dealing with this, if you're struggling with this, seek out help, man, guys, you just, you owe it to yourself, you know, living, you know, I, if I wanted to be neg- not negative, but if I wanted to look back at my life and go, dang, you know, I could easily say, wow, you know, I mean, obviously there's only so much you can do with your parents, but I mean, I was married to somebody for 21 years that, that made, that was not, it wasn't good, right? And had I dealt with the problem, started really opening up, peeled back the onion, started working on myself, things would have, uh, I could have changed the tide earlier. Now, bottom line is you can't, it's all water under the bridge, but uh, you can make a decision today to start making positive changes in your life so that you don't have to wait another 20 years or another 10 years or whatever to start making improvements. So on that, I just wanted to share that because I know, I know this is something that a lot of us deal with. It's a lot, it's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about because, uh, because of what I was talking about before, you know, the stigma of it. Um, you don't want to, uh, to come across weak. You don't want it to affect your work. You don't want, you know, you don't want people to go, well, I mean, I guess we don't want to look at, uh, we don't want to look at Dwayne for a promotion because he's not mentally stable enough to do that. And you can, you can come up with all kinds of situations that, 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 uh, keep you in the same mode. It's like, it's like a trap. I mean, you, you, you get caught up in this situation to where it's like, well, I can't do anything because I'll lose what I, what I've gotten. 
honestly, guys, I think most of us with, with going through what we've gone through now, we've lost so much and that it's like now the only thing you have to, or what you have to gain is really getting a quality, good, genuine life back without this constant chaos and stress and anxiety. And, and it's, it's, you know, I look at my life now and it's, it's just, it's amazing compared to what it was before. So, all right, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. I know it's a little bit shorter than most, but I hope that, uh, I hope it was helpful for you. Um, I would love uh, to hear your comments on this. You can go over to the uh, Dad Surviving Divorce website, uh, com slash podcast slash 017 and leave comments on the show if you would like. Uh, on that, have a great day and uh, we'll chat you with you on the next podcast.